Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Welcome, friends. We're continuing on with our Easter series on this question of what does resurrection look like? We have another special episode. Uh, Once again, intern Rita has reached out to one of her siblings. She's bringing back a guest of the show, Kara, who had been on in the past. Uh, And the two of them are going to talk about this question, what does resurrection look like? Kara has a really interesting perspective because of her unique work. And so we're excited to bring this to you as always. And it's also always kind of fun to hear the ways that siblings interact. Um, It's a really good episode. I hope you enjoy it. As always, thank you for listening. Thank you for all the ways that you're telling other people about the podcast so that they can discover it. Go ahead, head to iTunes store and find their podcast section and you can leave us a rating and a review. All of that helps more people discover the podcast and we really appreciate it. But now I turn it over to intern Rita and her sister Kara as they talk about what resurrection looks like. That's interesting. I guess it decided that I'm at Starbucks. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three. Hello. Hi. How are you? I am good. How are you? Good. Would you like to say who you are to the lovely audience listening? Well, I'm just a big fan of the pod. Oh, <laughs> no. Uh, I am back once again. Uh, for better or for worse, we'll find out. Uh, but I'm Kara Argus, Rita's sister, younger sister. Yes. And I'm here to talk with Rita some more. I mean, I heard that people are a fan of you being on the pod. So, and not just mom who listens. <laughs> Hi, mom. She also loves when she gets a shout out on the podcast. So good job. There you go. Uh, yeah, so I asked Kara to be back in because again, we're doing this series on what does uh, resurrection look like or what does resurrection mean in day-to-day life? Um, and so Kara works in um, you know, biology labs. Also, I'm at home and my dog is in the background. And so if you hear her whining or drinking water or whatever, um, just a little, a little side note on that. <laughs> um, but uh, Kara works in uh, science. Um, we'll just say in general, Kara can specify more um, specifically in that, but uh, Kara works in science, and so I thought it'd be an interesting conversation to to talk about where you see resurrection. Um, so maybe you want to say your joke that you said when we were talking before we officially started recording. Oh, yeah. So, um, Lorita, when you sent me the text message of basically, I'm going to ask you, like, where do you see resurrection in your life? the scientist and like analytical literal part of my brain that I live in most of my time was like, I don't know of anything in the world that has died and come back to life other than zombies. So this is going to be a short recording. So (laughs) zombies, we're done. Have you actually witnessed a a zombie though? No, just in movies. (laughs) Yes. Okay, but in all seriousness, <laughs> where do you see resurrection in your life or like in your job um, or like how do you interact with resurrection outside of maybe like the traditional like church places where we. Uh, yeah, think? well, so I think um, to give a little bit of background, which even Rita kind of needs some of this background, um, I am 
on week three, day two of my new job um, as a research and development biologist of in vivo research with a company here in Madison, Wisconsin that works with transfection technology. Um, what transfection technology is, is it's the science and how you get nucleic acids, DNA, RNA, siRNA, et cetera, et cetera, plasmids into cells, both either temporarily or permanently or kind of all those different ways. It's the process of getting the nucleic material inside the cell so that the cell can actually use it for something. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, when I was thinking about this a little bit more, I actually, my second week, um, I had a sit down meeting at lunch with our CEO because um, it's a very small company. So, you know, the, everyone gets to meet with the CEO and he hangs out two cubicles down for me pretty much. Yeah. Um, but he started off that meeting kind of by showing us two different videos um, talking about individuals who have in different ways found help and health issues through gene therapies of different sorts. Um, and when he brought that up, um, one of them was a young girl who basically was having leukemia, um, having leukemia, had leukemia oh, yeah. and was going through chemo and was partway through chemo treatment. And they basically said, nope, you're not responding. Uh, go home and be happy if you have a month. And they were able to continue to work with other researchers and stuff. And they found a different gene therapy that they could use with her. And, you know, she's now a thriving teenager because she was a young kid when this happened to her and she's living life to the fullest. And, you know, it's still a little bit literal, I know, but um, seeing that this girl who basically was kind of given a death sentence and told, this is the end, there's nothing more we can do for you, but through the advances we've made in science and technology, we were able to fix the cancer that was running rampant through her body and now she's okay. Um, and so I guess like a lot of in my job specifically where I see the resurrection is specifically in kind of those places where, you know, we're ourselves not developing the direct therapies, but we're basically kind of giving the toolboxes to um, doctors and scientists who are looking at that so that they actually have the tools they need and the capability to go on and help those other individuals. Oh, that's really cool. Um, and I like, I like how you use the terminology of tools and like, uh, kind of like almost tools of the resurrection and like tools of that, that new life. Uh, and, um, you know, we think about the Holy Spirit breathing in new life. And I kind of see that in that like toolkit of like, here are the tools to like breathe in that new life in a, in a really, in a real tangible way. Um, I love Jellybean always loves to uh, be laying down and doing nothing until I'm on a Zoom call. And then she wants nothing but my attention. Um, and so she is <laughs> demanding my attention right now <laughs> in the middle of this conversation. But anyways, of course. Uh, yeah. No, that's really cool. Um, and uh, again, I really like how you use the terminology of tools uh, and like 
in that. Um, how about outside of work? Like, where do you see resurrection? Leia? Yeah. Um, so until I had that meeting with my CEO and stuff, I actually hadn't really seen the correlation between work and resurrection quite as strongly. Um, but then I had been thinking about like other ways that I see it in my life and everything. And um, the first thing that kind of popped into my head is, was like kind of the phrase always being made new mm -hmm. and like tomorrow is an, um, another day kind of an idea. And so, um, you know, just kind of thinking about how so many times, like when we have a bad day, it's like we go to bed and tomorrow's a new day. Um, and so thinking about kind of just the, um, what's the word I'm trying to use here? The um, outcome, I guess, because mm -hmm. I was going to say benefits, but that sounds weird too. The benefits <laughs> of the resurrection is not what I'm going for. Yeah. Kind of one of the outcomes of the resurrection is that like, you know, our, our sins are washed away, our sins are forgiven. Um, and so, you know, I kind of was looking at it from that aspect as far as every night I go to bed, right? And uh, kind of how I see it as a new day. Also, my sins are forgiven and I can try again tomorrow. Um, so, you know, where my, I want to learn from my mistakes and, you know, I don't want to just say like, oh, well, I'm fine. So do whatever I want type of a thing. But um, kind of getting that almost like a reset every day when I, I wake up and I can say, you know, yesterday I was cranky and I snapped at someone and today I'm going to try and not be cranky and I'm going to stop and breathe and think before I respond to that person. And mm -hmm. so kind of just looking at it and also from that perspective as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, uh, Pastor Nate will like when he listens to this, but he likes to talk about baptism as being our empty tomb. And Martin Luther talks about that uh, what's fun is when you're baptized, then every water can be um, a reminder of your baptism. Um, and so like every time you splash yourself with water, like you're not re-baptizing yourself, but you're remembering your baptism and um, remembering that you are dead to sin and alive and um in new life and yeah uh, and so I, I i feel like there's a parallel in that of like that every day is a new day and um you know in in that water like i'm just imagining like you wake you up and taking a shower or something like that or waking <laughs> up and, even, yeah. even waking up and washing your face like you're kind of like all right new day like wash my face like i'm um reminding reminding myself of my baptism dead to sin and alive to the the new life and whatever is going to come in today yeah 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 that's um this past sunday at good shepherd here in madison uh we actually had a baptism and they had all the kids come sit up front for it so they got their front row seats and then um after the uh, towards the end of the baptism the pastor pastor dara went to the two older sisters of the baby that was baptized and marked them again with the sign of the cross with the mm -hmm. water um, and then she turned to remind all the other kids and started flicking water at all the kids. And it was just fun watching them all go, wait, what? And they're getting <laughs> splashed by the water because um, they were not expecting it, which um, that was the other thing that was interesting was Easter Sunday at Good Shepherd. And this might be something that other churches have done, but it never been at an Easter service I was at that. Um, and you're going to have to tell me what it's actually called, but it's like 
almost looks like a broom that you dip in the holy water and you flick it to make all the water droplets spray well, really far. We don't have holy water, but, <laughs> well, <laughs> but in yeah. the baptismal font. Sorry. There's, uh, there's an official name, churchy name for it because there's always an official churchy name for all of them. <laughs> but I, it's escaping me at this moment, and there's probably. Uh, people listening to this that know it and they're like screaming into their headphones um like how did you not know that no uh yeah no it's, there's like an official thing for it but um yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about yeah um and so it's just I kind of liked too because again that helps me kind of draw that parallel and the connection a little bit more closer between Easter and baptism and like mm -hmm. how they are linked because yeah. I guess I didn't always think about that as much as I should um, and so I kind of really liked how, you know, spraying the whole congregation and, um, pastor Chris even made sure to come back and spray water at the choir, which then one of them wasn't paying attention and thought the roof was leaking later in the service. So <laughs> it was, it was great. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, it's just, uh, you know, the more I think about it and I, these things, then I, um, find more connections. It almost seems everywhere yeah. I look and everywhere I turn so yeah and I I think that's the fun part about the resurrection is um and like Easter uh, is that um we tend to kind of confine it to you know one day and um you know we even kind of forget that it's like a whole Easter season so you know we have multiple Sundays in Easter and even beyond that like every Sunday is a little mini Easter and um, even going as far as during Lent, we have you know the 40 days of Lent, but that doesn't count the Sundays. The Sundays are, um, are separate. So it's 40 days uh, with the Sundays removed um, is the number of days of Lent. Because like even in that time of reflection, before we get to the big festival of Easter, um, we're still celebrating the resurrection and still celebrating Easter. And um, Mm -hmm. still celebrating what that all means in our life and I think that that can serve as a good reminder that we you know should look beyond just that day for the resurrection um, which is why I think these conversations are really interesting because we're you know seeing how the resurrection might show up in people's works but also how it's showing up in day-to-day -day life yeah um that's the whole promise and everything is reminding me of the conversation I was having with my fiance Richard um, and so for background for everyone else, um, my fiance was raised Catholic and then kind of stepped away from the church when he was confirmed for quite a while. So I, I jokingly call him a recovering Catholic. Um, <laughs> but it's really been interesting kind of seeing Lutheran faith through his eyes recently as he, you know, slowly but surely takes on some of like the phrases that in liturgy that almost I've just kind of it's almost started to just say by rote memorization at this point yeah. and really kind of thinking about the words. Um, and so I know the other day we were talking about that when he remembers the Lord's prayer, he remembers it ending a little bit different. Um, but he said that how it ends now in the Lutheran church with the forever and ever. Amen. Mm -hmm. He said, that's a really long time. And he told, he actually told me that it almost put him into like a state of like existential dread for a little bit because it was like forever and ever. <laughs> um, 
but it was kind of interesting to like hear it in that aspect of like you know and that that's what it is it is forever and ever and ever right mm -hmm. um you know this promise doesn't have an end date and it doesn't go away and yeah. part of that is and a big part of that is the resurrection which is forever and ever and ever yeah um, no that's really cool and I, I appreciate that you brought that up because I think you know we talk I talk about this sometimes in classes that I teach about how we get into these patterns of uh just saying the words and not really thinking about them and uh and I think, like you said, like the resurrection can kind of be the same thing where, we, you know, we, we believe in the resurrection, we believe in Jesus, but um, we just kind of say the words and don't necessarily go beyond that. And, um, and same with like oh, the words in our liturgy, like we just say the words, but we don't think about what those mean. And so that's really cool that um, you're able to see that through his eyes as he uh, explores <laughs> being Lutheran and um, what that all means to him. So cool. Yeah. Well, uh, do you have any other final thoughts on this? Otherwise, like this has been a fun conversation. Yeah, oh, I'm just trying to think. Um, I guess just the last little thought that I was thinking about, and it's it's a cool idea that um, apparently at Good Shepherd a couple of years ago, um, they actually had the confirmation students create like a thousand little tissue paper butterflies, mm -hmm. and they hung them up all over the sanctuary for Easter. But then they told people to take the butterflies and put them out in the world where they saw the resurrection. Mm. Um, and there's to this day, which is, you know, again, this is from a couple of years ago, there's one butterfly left in the sanctuary. Um, and we were in the sanctuary tonight for a, a 20s and 30s ministry event. And, you know, we pointed it out and I kind of you know, like, oh, well, like, you know, that one didn't get to go anywhere. And I'm like, but the resurrection is here too. You know, as yeah. much as like, yes, it, it's out in the world and everything, but like the resurrection also is within that sanctuary. So I thought it was yeah. kind of cool just having that, that butterfly there is kind of a reminder that it's like here. And then once you know the story behind it, know that like thousands of others had been, you know, or a thousand others had been put out somewhere into the world to mark other places of resurrection. Yeah. So, maybe just mentally stamp your resurrections for the next week with a butterfly. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. Like here, out there and everywhere um, is the resurrection. And I think that's a really cool image uh, to, uh, to have that in the sanctuary because then that will trigger people to think back to, you know, even a couple, it was a couple of years ago, but um, think back and, oh, the, you know, the resurrection is here, but also out in the world. So that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I've had a lot of fun talking with you, Kara. I've had fun talking with you, Rita. It's always fun. Uh, and we we thank Kara for once again joining the pod um, and uh, enlightening us in the world of science uh, and how it relates to faith, because I love that stuff. So <laughs> thanks again. Nerd. Wow, thanks. <laughs> <laughs>